Welcome to Chapel Grove Church Podcast, the Bible-centered show that focuses on searching the scriptures to find answers to common spiritual questions. To learn more, go to chapelgrovechurch.com. Now to the show. Hey everybody, I'm super excited about today's episode. We have our first question from one of our listeners, and I'm going to do my best to answer that today. The question is, how do you find the balance between putting God before your family? This question was asked in the context of how I've done so in my personal life. So today I'm going to do my best to approach this question from several different angles. Of course, I'm going to um, go to the scriptures and see what they have to say about the matter. And just do my best to let God's word speak the truth. Let's dive right into it. So after hearing this question, how do you find balance between putting God before your family? A passage that instantly came to my mind was in Luke chapter 14, verses 25 through 34. Now, today I'm going to be reading these verses from the Christian Standard Bible. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with this or not. Uh, I use this one sometimes. I use lots of different Bible versions when doing my studying. The King James, New King James, NASB. I find that it's best to use multiple different types of Bible versions. I help that it gives you a greater in-depth understanding of God's Word. But anyway, starting at verse 25. Now the great crowds were traveling with him. That's Jesus. So he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you wanting to build a tower doesn't first sit down and calculate the cost to see if he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, after... He has laid the foundation and cannot finish it. All the onlookers will begin to ridicule him, saying, This man started to build and wasn't even able to finish. Or what king going to war against another king will not first sit down and decide if he is able with 10,000 to oppose the one who comes against him with 20,000? If not, while the others is still far off, he sends a delegation and asks for terms of peace. In the same way, therefore, every one of you who does not renounce all his possessions cannot be my disciple okay so now we're going to go through here and break it down piece by piece obviously when jesus is saying here that if anyone comes to me and does not hate his own and he lists all the different family members there that's a hyperbole that's an exaggeration i don't think that jesus literally wants us to hate anybody but the point that he's trying to get across here is that if you don't have jesus as number one in your life, you're not going to make it as one of his disciples. And that's what we're getting into in verses 28 through 30, when he's talking about the building of the tower. He says, for which of you wanting to build a tower doesn't first sit down and calculate the cost to see if he has enough to complete it. So something that Jesus is emphasizing to this crowd here, he's like, if you've decided that you want to become my disciple, you better calculate the cost. And what is the cost of following Jesus? Well, on one hand, it's free, but on the other hand, it will only cost you everything. And what is that everything here that is being referenced? The everything that's being referenced here is Jesus wants your you're all in all. He wants everything that you got. So how do you find the balance between putting God before your family? We're going to take and just cross that word out of finding the balance. Because the balance that Jesus is calling for us to have right here is no balance. Putting God first. 
period. So if we're putting God first, period, what does that look like practically? Because I think that's really what the what the listener here is asking in their question. What does serving God before your family look like practically and examples of, of how we do that in our day-to-day lives? So typically, I don't think that we have as much of a problem with putting our families before God as we do of putting ourselves before God and our family. However, I do think there are certain scenarios that we can run into, kind of break the family down into different groups so that we can talk about it. And the first group I'll break it down to is like parents and siblings, grandparents, like we'll just lump that all together as one piece of our family. The next part that we'll do is our spouse, because that's kind of a standalone category. And the next standalone category is our kids. We'll go through this list and make sure that we kind of give some examples for each one. So I think that a great Bible character for us to look at in regard to our fathers and mothers, siblings and friends, we'll just say everybody that we grew up with, lump them all into one category, is Abraham. And the reason I think that Abraham is such a good example here is of how faithful that he was in Genesis 12 when he was still called Abram. Uh, starting at verse 1, it says, The Lord said to Abram, Go from your land, your relatives, and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse anyone who treats you with contempt, and all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. And it says, So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abraham was 75 years old. When he left Haran, he took his wife. Sarah, his nephew Lot, all the possessions they had accumulated and the people that they had acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan. We see here that God called Abraham out of his land. Basically, at this point, Abram is going on a promise from God, and it's just exemplifying here how faithful he was. He left basically everything that he knew, and a lot of what he knew was worshiping idols. And I'm saying that because we know that his father Terah was a idol worshiper and that he worshiped other gods. I'm getting that from Joshua 24 and 2. But Abraham, or Abram at this point, has decided that he's going to serve the Lord our God. So he's going to gather up everything. His wife and his nephew actually wants to go with him and go and serve God. So what does that look like? Fast forward into today's time. I guess The best example of something that that could look like for us in today's modern world is that we used to live a life full of sin. We've decided we've weighed the cost, like in Luke chapter 14, we've weighed the cost and we decided that now we want to serve God and we want to do God's will and we're God's servant. So some of the things that we used to do or participate in with our families and our friends, we might not be able to do or participate in anymore. That might cause a little friction here and there. But ultimately, if we are willing to follow and serve God, not only will we be better off for it, but God will bless us just like he blessed Abraham. And we can see here that hopefully by our example, some of our friends or family members decide to come with us just like Lot and Sarah did with Abraham. They decided that they were going to leave leave too. They didn't have to do that, but they went ahead and left with him. As far as pertaining to our families and our siblings and our friends, I think that's more of a practical version of today. But nonetheless, we can still show God our faithfulness by turning away from anything that God's word calls us to stay away from, regardless of if it's something that our family practices 
that we used to practice with our family or anything of that nature. We're serving God now and we got to walk away from those things and do our best to encourage our family and our friends to follow God with us. So the next category that we're going to look at as far as putting God before our families is our spouse, which this can be tough because our spouse is our number one. If, if we're married, our spouse is our number one person. So in regards to our spouse, a passage that I would like to look at is in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, starting in verse 32. I want you to be without concerns. The unmarried man is concerned about the things of the Lord, how he may please the Lord. But the man, but the married man is concerned about the things of the world, how he may please his wife, and his interests are divided. So we can see there that a single man has all he has to focus on and his only priority is God. However, when we look at the married man, now he has two responsibilities, his service to God and his service to his wife. And that doesn't mean that God doesn't ever want you to get married. We can see that in Genesis chapter 2, verse 24, uh, the reason that a man leaves his father and his mother is to be united to his wife and they become one flesh. All that's coming from Adam and Eve in the beginning. God saw that it was not good for man to be alone and so he created Eve. So God doesn't necessarily want us to remain unmarried. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Basically, it's just saying that you go from having one main responsibility to serving God to two main responsibilities, serving God and responsibilities of a husband to your wife. Now, those things aren't necessarily always ex exclusive a lot of times you can serve god by serving your wife and a reason that it's good to be married is because of things like in ecclesiastes 4 and verse 12 though one though one may be overpowered two can defend themselves a cord of three strands is not quickly broken so that goes from though one may be overpowered you by yourself Two can defend themselves. You and your wife can kind of help each other out to a cord of three strands is not quickly broken. That's you, your wife, and God. So if you're married or in a relationship and you're putting God as your first priority, both individuals are putting it as their first priority. It's to the benefit of each party rather than to the detriment. Now we see that in some examples, uh, one that comes to mind is in Judges chapter 16. I'm not going to read all of that just for time's sake, but it's the story of uh, Samson. And it's not his wife, but it's a woman that he's interested in. And it's to his detriment. Ultimately, um, it pulls Samson away from God. And just to kind of hit the high points of the story, Samson is told by God that something he's not supposed to do is to cut his hair. And if he does, that he will lose his uh, supernatural strength that God has provided him with. Well, he is kind of infatuated with this prostitute. And the people that are trying to hurt Samson at the time keep going to her and keep trying to get her to get Samson to tell her the secret of his strength. Well, you know, at first he doesn't tell her. And eventually, after enough time passes and enough attempts of her trying to figure out he just goes ahead and tells her she cuts his hair he loses his strength he's captured by the enemies of god they tie him up and gouge his eyes out in the middle of their temple but ultimately he gets his strength back and pulls their temple down on top of him. but anyway that that example is just really to show you that um 
just in a way a spouse can draw us closer to God, somebody that we're interested in or a spouse can draw also draw us away from God. And so I think that's why the Bible puts so much emphasis on being very selective when it comes to to our spouse. Before I was married, the passage that I looked at as far as in regards to a woman was, of course, Proverbs 31. But anyway, just to keep things flowing here, make sure that when you're looking into dating or marrying somebody, that their goals align with your goals. And I'm going to keep referring back to the Luke chapter 14 passage. You weighed the options and you decided to serve God now. And that's what you're doing. And so part of that, I think that's in your best interest to continue to, to serve God is to look for a godly spouse. That's my advice for that. Now, in regards to trying to balance our relationship of putting God before our children, that's another thing. I don't think that those necessarily have to be exclusive. I think that done correctly, our best thing to do is to serve God and through serving God, being a good father. And that's why verses like Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 6 says, start your children off on the way they should go. And even when they're old, they will not turn from it. So that's basically saying, start your children off loving God. And when they get old, they won't stray from it. In Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 4, fathers do not exacerbate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. So as fathers, we're supposed to train our children in the instruction of the Lord. Back to my example earlier, we had, when we're single, we have one main priority. That's serving God. Then when we get married, we go to two main priorities. Still with our first priority being serve God. Our second, serve our wife. Now we have our third. That's serve our children. But you notice how in each one of those, I emphasize service. That's something that we as Christians are. Jesus came and served us by going to the cross and dying for our sins. And as his disciples, we're serving him. And how do we serve him? A lot of times what that looks like is serving others, putting others' needs before our own. And so the way that we do that is serving our wives, serving our children. Really, I think the thing that gets put on the back burner, and I kind of referenced this earlier, is to some degree ourselves gets put on the back burner because there's only 24 hours hours in a day. And what we want and what we need can happen if we take care of all the rest of our responsibilities. So if you're somebody, and let's just say video games. I like video games. There's nothing wrong with video games. But if you want to play video games, and let's pretend like you're a married man, with children, that's going to be pretty low on the priority list. And you want to, we're just going to keep going. We're going to say that, I don't know, we'll, we'll just kind of, for an example, go off a little bit of what my routine looks like. So maybe these examples will help you and kind of guide you. So just the nature of, of my job and what I'm doing currently, I wake up at five, but something that I try to do right off the rip is get my Bible reading done not long after I wake up. So that I'm not living by bread alone, but I'm living by the word of God. And that's fear, feeding my spiritual body. So I would say that's that's a way to prioritize God right there. I'm waking up. Not long after waking up, I'm praying and I'm reading God's word, taking God's word in. You don't have to get up at 5 a.m. I know that's not realistic for everybody. And honestly, if I had a different option, it wouldn't probably wouldn't be realistic for me. But nonetheless, that way that it doesn't come down to the decision of, oh, am I going to, let's say I haven't spent very much time with my wife here lately and I'm really needing to do that to make sure that 
we continue to have a good relationship. That way it doesn't come down to, oh, am I going to read my Bible with this last 30 minutes before I go to bed or am I going to spend time with my wife? The less that you can limit those kind of split decisions or whatever you want to call it, the better off you're going to be. So I would say just practical points here, being organized and having good time management is going to be a huge part of being successful in this. Like I said, that's why I try to start my service to God right off the bat in the day. And that's doing my part to try to continue to become more and more like Jesus and then putting your family's needs before your own needs. And if there's anything left over, then that that's for you. And that's at the end of the day. That's when you can play your video games or, or relax and watch TV or whatever. But do your best to get your things done for God and then um, then your wife and then and then your kids. I think a, a good passage just to think about is Deuteronomy 5 and verse 7. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commandments that I give to you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. When I think of the word balance, it's kind of hard to incorporate that. I think rather than balance, it should be incorporate God in everything that you do. And if you can't, if you can't do that, then you probably shouldn't be doing it in the first place. I hope that what I've said today helps you and can guide you a little bit in better serving God and serving your family. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a positive review. Remember, you can reach out to us on our Chapel Grove Church Instagram page or our Facebook page. Also, if you'd like to reach out to me personally. You can reach out to me at justchancedire at gmail.com. I'd love to answer your questions, and I hope that y'all have a great week.